podcast is here is right here right now that was queen africa lioness on the rise i am your host tion buku one i'm yola and we are here to get into episode 17 what am i too loud yes. i just got all excited yeah well, all right, well you said you were gonna be back there and now I'm, you're like well, now i got a pillow microphone. i got a well, pillow on my back so it's like a good slide posture. the chair back slide it back a little bit she says i talk too loud mm-hmm. too much too loud mm-hmm. too long yeah 
So, we're here. Another fired up week for the Gemini rabbit ball. But uh, first I'd like to do is check in. Like, what's, what's happened since the last podcast? What was that? We did the real deal. Mm-hmm. Okay, I went into... Remember what your topics were? She don't remember anything. Processing. <laughs> I don't remember anything. And right. I don't have my glasses, so that's my excuse. Right. She can't see, which means she can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, you know, processes and just trying to find the right term for what you're doing as far as your growth and building and all that good stuff. And um, <clears throat> also what happened is I got hit by a car. <laughs> I got hit by a car Monday, and I learned a valuable lesson. It's Do not, not jaywalk. No, well... I don't know. That wasn't the lesson? That may not have been the lesson. The lesson, well, it could possibly prevent that from me getting hit by a car. But a bigger part from that is not only look both ways before you cross the road, but look all possible ways that a car can enter the road. Because I looked to the left, and there was a red light 40 feet away. I walked to the middle. I looked in front of me. There's one car going by. I wait for it to go by. And as I step, I get blasted in the back by a car that seemingly came out of nowhere. Like it was like a ghost car. That's why it's called an accident. So next thing you know, I'm on the car. Head smashes the windshield. I'm moving forward. And then I'm off the car, still moving forward (laughs) in the air. And I hit the ground. And I don't know what happened. So one shoe's over there. Hair ties over there. Coffee is, I don't know. I had coffee in my hand because I just got back from Pete's. And I'm well, just sitting there. Now it's on your back. It's on, I, you know, I touched the back of my head. I'm like, man, am I bleeding? And I felt it wet and I smelled it. And it was just coffee. So I don't <laughs> know if it was the dreads and the grassroots hat. But, Probably. Uh, but, you know, I, I dodged a bullet uh, very much so. The core results. Now I've had like a few days to really assess my injuries. Um, I have a bruised elbow and a raspberry on my elbow. I have two bruised booty bones, which I discovered, a little raspberry below my left butt cheek, and two extremely bruised heels. So the flying squirrel and the skateboarding ninja definitely helped because I landed on my feet. The problem is I probably landed on my feet going 10 miles an hour on the asphalt. Yeah, but the good news is that it's just your heels, nothing else. The great news is yeah. it's just my heels and booty bones and elbows. Imagine the driver. I feel bad for the driver. The driver was probably, he was pretty freaked out. But yeah, so we made it. I ended up walk, hobbling to get money out of the ATM. I continued my mission. I did walk across the street when I was done. Uh, wait, you know, wait, wait. So on the way back, did you jaywalk or did you go to the intersection? I can't remember, but I probably went to the oh, intersection. You hopefully I you probably went, went to, to the a crosswalk. <laughs> I probably went to the intersection. I was like, damn, the shit I have to do to get across the street. Do I have to get hit every time so I can go get my money out of the ATM machine? So now maybe you will like drive into the bank? Well, I don't know. Because here's, here's the weird thing about it. There was on my way to bowling. And 30 minutes later, I'm bowling league. And I bowl the best series I've bowled in the last two years. So you do have to get hit every week? I don't, I'm not going to try but that But only out. on Mondays? I, all I know <laughs> is if I'm injured, for some reason I bowl better. But I'm alive and I'm grateful, so I can laugh about it now because we're a few week, a week yeah, behind. But yeah, it was you weren't pretty laughing crazy. on Monday. No, it was pretty crazy. I was like, so I was thinking for the first ten minutes, like, okay, how do I tell you? Look, <laughs> so I'm like, I can't say I got hit by a car first. 
Because however many milliseconds that happened between that and there, it's probably not a good feeling. So I was like, I'm okay. First of all, I'm okay. And I was like, okay, you're calling me to say you're okay. I'm, That's great. All okay. right. And I'm like, because <laughs> I got hit by a car. <laughs> so I think the order of operations might have worked yeah, a little fine. better. Yeah, I did. So. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was that. It was cool. And then <laughs> kind of walking it off, not really walking it off. I can't not walk, but I have to, you know, I can't put pressure on my heels. So I feel like I'm walking in high heels. And so I, another layer of appreciation for women and the things you guys do for the reasons I you do. I no longer do it. So yeah, yeah so that, I, that's. I feel you. So there, there's a lot of other things that happened at the time of me getting smashed on by a It was a Nissan Leaf, by the way, too. So give thanks for being a little Nissan Leaf. Yeah. Other than the fact that it was, since it was electric, it was probably really quiet. Well, you had your headphones on. Yeah, but I have the boom body phone with the, with the ambiance. Yeah, I don't, yeah. It was like, Nissan Leaf electric cars don't make much noise. Yeah. If it was a charger. Do you think if it was like a truck, you would have heard it? I would have, but they would have probably fucked me up because I turned around and yeah. in shock. So I'm glad I didn't. I was relaxed when I got hit. Yeah. So anyways, um, but a lot of cool things happened this week as far as really cool articles came across our way, which kind of changed the direction of what we we're going to talk about this week. So before we get into that, I would like to say, like we say every time, no relationship style is more or less divine than any other style. Whether you choose to be monogamous, non-monogamous, polyamorous, open, or any form or creation that you have, none are more or less divine. It's the quality of work that's put in, the level of honesty we share amongst each other, and the level of root work and nourishment we put into ourselves and each other. So we'll get past that. We'll get into these quotes. What's, the, what's your topic this time? Judgment. Funny. Go is, for it. Is yours judgment too? No, mine is uh, empathy. What? Yes. Well, who would have known? Oh. You should see her. She's it's like exchanging vows without, yes. without knowing what, what the other... Imagine yeah. at a wedding. That, yeah, that's pretty crazy. We talked we'll, about we'll, it this week. We'll, we'll talk about that some more. <laughs> Just like ambushing you with, with, with like yeah, contract like the, deals that you didn't even know about. Like people writing vows. And exchanging them at the wedding without the other one having seen them. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, wait, wait, wait. You said what? Right. I don't agree. So can you imagine? What the hell? Can you imagine two people who decide they're going to start a business together? And instead of like coming up with the concepts and the, the ideas and then having one contract drafted up and signed and, you know, worked out back and forth. I'm going to write my contract to you <laughs> and you're going to write yours to me. But we, we're not allowed to look at them. Well, before, so, we, till, okay. before we sign so, them. So, so in defense. Right. Because I like both sides. Right. It's, it's um, the idea is that you've spent enough time together to understand what each other's values are and what the expectations are. Wow. But the first time you're putting it in writing is in the vows that you're not showing to your spouse. Yeah. So, being the Virgo that I am, <laughs> uh, it's probably close that you have an idea of what my values are, but why make the assumption when I'm right there with you every day? Like, why so not I wonder, discuss those I wonder things? if this whole little tradition that seemingly is taking off is kind of along the, the way with uh, 
you know how you're not supposed to see the bride right until like no no dress or right. anything you're not supposed to see the bride like, you're not supposed to have sex you know you're supposed to be virgins and all this stuff i mean there's so many like you notice one by one things just kind of get left away yeah you know that's just the old tradition well no but the vows the writing your own vows is a new tradition it's just that yes. somehow this whole thing like i i don't think we've ever seen uh i guess we've seen we haven't seen people exchange vows it was the last wedding i went to was the first time that i saw uh, them exchange vows and they had not seen them. Right. Uh, and they were, I mean, they were nice and they were pretty straightforward. So there were no surprises. Right. Um, but, and I think that's, that's what it is. Right. It's like, you're not going to put anything controversial in. It's just more like sweet pleasantries. Right. Yeah. Like, I love I, you so much. You mean so much to me. I'm so grateful for having met you. I've been waiting for you and now you're here and now we have this whole life together and I promise that I will be here for you through thick and thin and I will not cheat. I will not make you feel bad. I will whatever. All right. I'll do anything to not hurt you, including yeah. guard the truth. Well, that, that no one I'm just being, I'm just that. being farty. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's very fascinating. I, I, I just like to know and, and be able to hear. Well, who, I would be like me being as, contrarian as I am, I can see myself being like, what? <laughs> like rolling my eyes during the You're like, well, he could, he could think that I'm going to sign it, but that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. <laughs> you could, that's, you know, I would just be like, can we do this together? Yeah. Can we discuss this um, before we do that? But anyways, it's just, you know, things teach their own, you know, whatever works, whatever works. Um, so yeah, mine is about judgment. Okay. Hers are about empathy. So I'll go with my three. Mm-hmm. One, we are very good lawyers for our own mistakes, <laughs> but very good judges for the mistakes of others. Yep. We're very quick to defend ourselves and our shortcomings, but very quick to judge others for theirs. Guilty as charged. Bam, bam, Bigelow. Uh, people will question all the good things they hear about you, but believe all the bad without a second thought. Yep. And that's the natural implanted haterade that all of us have in some greater or lesser degree. Um, never waste your time trying to explain who you are to people who are committed to misunderstanding you. And we dealt with some of that this week, not even about this relationship stuff, just about all the crazy climate stuff with the, with the political situation and Trump and privilege and all this stuff. It's just sometimes I just have to learn and be like, all right, you know what? Having a head on conversation with certain people is just not the best way to get any type of understanding or evolution from each other because the stance is I'm right, you're wrong. So no matter what you say, I'm going to hold my own and we're just, I'm just going to be that way. So I don't, you know, kind of learn to fight the other way, some way, other way, maybe just like by a hug or compliment them or something. Tell them they look good or something. I don't know. But. Yeah. Or just remembering that that stance only applies to the political issues. And then when those same people need help, they will come to you for help. Which is the irony of it. Yeah. But, you know, that's less humanity, man. You know, that's how it goes. Those are my three. Okay, that was fast. Um, so mine are empathy. Whenever you are about to find fault with someone, ask yourself the following question. What fault of mine most nearly resembles the one I'm about to criticize? 
No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Ooh, say that again. Rapping, rapping hood. <laughs> and then the last one. Wait, no, no, I said say what? that again. Okay. <sighs> no one cares how much, <laughs> like literally. <laughs> like literally, I'm speaking to you, asking you to say it again. All right. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Right, okay. Treat people with understanding when you can and fake it when you can't until you do understand. Uh, I like that one because technically it's a matter of time that, you know, basically if you let yourself sit in the other person's shoes, eventually you'll understand why they do what they do and how. It's just that no one wants to do it. I mean, I'm, I think I'm like Paul Mooney. I can say like he was making fun of all the races and said he can make fun of them because he has every race in his family, right. remember? Yeah. I'm like, I can, I can do all this because I'm, the, I, I, I'm coming from the side of being the least empathetic and the most judgmental and, in, and critical. And it was interesting to find myself literally in a position of uh, trying to get somebody else to take the other person's side and understand that, hey, maybe if you, you don't have to agree with what they do and how they do it, but you can't just automatically uh, devalue them and what they do because that's not what you would do. Right. Because, I mean... We all have things we don't do right or don't do right by other people's standards. And, uh, you know. Yeah. And we all learn at our own pace. I mean, yeah. you know, you got, you could take 10 lessons that we can all agree on that at some point in our lives we all had to learn or have to learn. And some of us learn in order of sequence, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Some will learn 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Some will learn 2, 8, 7, 10, 1. So I went, I went to our daughter's parent night. Mm -hmm. And the school is really super amazing. And um, she's in fourth grade. So the teacher that teaches math was like, you know, I always tell kids, uh, if you get so frustrated with math, just give it some time because right. math is going to be the same, but your brain will develop and maybe you'll come back to it a year from now or two years or five years right. and it'll be just fine. Right. And I think that everything is not that way, but yeah. we're just, uh, you know, we try to learn and if we don't learn, sometimes we never go back to it again. Right. And we all get emotionally charged and pass judgment mm -hmm. really quick and end up condemning people, even ourselves, um, for a life sentence for a, a mistake that's temporary. But due to the fact that we pass judgment on it, we tend to lock people up in these positions that they took at that point in time. And not themselves. even just uh, other people, but ourselves. You know, I remember 20 years ago, I, I had lots of opinions that today would have sounded crazy. Right. Uh, and actually, like, Tian and I did a little exercise, and he was trying to, like, um, tell me how he would approach an argument. Right. And I was, 
And I was the other side, and I was shooting, I was able to shoot down a lot of his arguments because I came from that side. Because right. that, that, those, I understand those people's beliefs very well because I used to think that way. Right. So I can fake an argument really easily. Right. But then it's interesting to look back, to, to look at like what I understand now versus my super opinionated self 25 years ago right. and how little I knew and how little I was basing that, you know, those super strong beliefs on. Right. Yeah. And, you know, overall, I think with, with the judgment and empathy is like, we can all take a bigger dose of kindness yeah. when we approach agreements, disagreements, not only with other people, like we're talking about, the most important relationship and the harshest ones we have, the one we have with ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and just be kind. Like there may be something that we don't do right now, we know we're not doing it right now. But if we're trying to get better and we're take, tackling a few things at a time, then maybe that one's not one we can handle with the load that we have. Yeah. But be kind. And it's the same thing with other people. Like we may feel a concept that we grasp now so easily is so obvious. Well, and you, when you, somebody doesn't... You point that out to me all the time when I do it. Right. And somebody doesn't grasp it yet. It's like, it doesn't mean that we are smarter or anything like that. They probably learned some other things that we didn't learn yet. And they're on that. And we could talk to them and they may kind of nod their head, but it, then they're just not ready for that. The yeah. same way if they brought some information that they were really passionate about, we may or may not be ready to, to do that. We'd be like, yeah. that's cool. Like, yeah. so... You know, no one is 360 degrees conscious 365 days a week. So kindness, empathy, um, and just kind of keeping it cool a little bit. I don't know. Remember the motive. When we, when we talk to people, when we deal with ourselves, remember our motive. Our motive is to grow. Our motive is to understand and at least try to have a cool life. We're all really want to Yeah, but this cool. whole, like, this, this knee-jerk to judge is so strong. I know. Super strong. I mean, uh, it, it, I know, we just, all do just it. visually looking at someone and you already put them in a certain box. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm anti-judging of everything. It's not just judging, but it's what you do with it and how rigid your judgment right. is. Like, I think judgment has its place. It helps us navigate how we want to act and how, you know, we see things and we see how people do things and we're like, mm, mm -hmm. I don't think that's foul. I'm judging that. But I'm also, someone's like, damn, that was dope how they handled that. I wish I, I'm judging that. I'm just judging a good judgment on it. So judgment is not bad. It's just how rigid are we once we've made our first judgment? Like if we some, see somebody that looks in a way that makes us give a negative judgment on them, are we willing to then be open to once we get to know them to remove our judgment and create a new one? Right. Or are we just like, I don't care how nice they are. They look like they're just... Well, yeah, and that, that one is, you know, each one teach one in terms of how we deal with racial things. Right. That's for sure. I mean, we went through it in our family, and uh, it literally is each one teach one. Right. Because he looks like, I don't know, I can't talk to him. I don't know where the hell he came from. I don't know his culture. I don't know. I don't know. But then... Once you learn, then you're like, oh, they're okay. Right. Really. And maybe next black dude that comes through the door, it'll be a little easier. Right. A little less favorite. So, you know, those are good things. So, yeah. Easy on judgment. 
uh, more on the empathy, more kindness, and that will lead to people feeling more comfortable with being themselves. So, and this, like I said, this is an internal thing too. We should be talking to ourselves. I would um, do. I catch myself say, all the time kind, now. Yeah, like, don't beat up ourselves. Um, let's let's be kind to ourselves, so we we're encouraged internally to speak our truth, or even listen, or acknowledge, or admit our truths. Because a lot of times we don't even want to admit some of the truths that we know about ourselves. We're like, I really don't like doing this, but I don't want to say that because if I do. I'm going to be faced with, well, then what are you going to do? And if I'm well, not, that's you, know, you, that's the Virgo. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm speaking on behalf of myself, but a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to be honest, especially with relationships. A lot of us have felt that maybe this structure that we assumed is the only one is not the best, but I can't speak on that in my brain. I'm programmed that that is the only way and anything less than that is, is, judged in a negative way so i'm not going to do that yeah so that you know i mean that goes back to how we enter the marriage how do we you know what the word uh marriage mean to you mm-hmm. uh, what you know do we write our own vows do we consider what you know how uh living with someone for a number of years a long number of years is going to affect our relationship right how do kids and routine yeah. affect it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but being able to be honest with ourselves about how it feels, how it's working, what we'd like more of that we don't have, what we'd like less of is the first step. Because if we can't allow ourselves a space inside of ourselves to have honest dialogue, then how will we ever be able to have it with our partner? Yeah. So. Yeah, so that kind of goes into this whole... There's, it was interesting. We started taking notes about this podcast, you know, right after we finish a podcast, we start kind of, uh, you know, we'll let it sit for a while and then something comes up and we talk about something and then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to take a note for the next podcast. We can talk about it. So I usually accumulate a number of notes and uh, this week, uh, a bunch of articles came out I guess I saw a couple and then a couple of people sent me a couple that um, changed what this podcast was going to be about but in a funny way uh, Tion asked me at, when we were done with last one to talk about enabling on this one right and everything that uh, we're going to talk about based on these articles that we read is going to tie into enabling and the enabling that he wanted me to talk about was about women enabling men to uh, have the separation of duties within the marriage that leaves women tired cranky emotionally exhausted and just not interested in continuing this whole marriage thing so the first article I read and sent to Tion and, uh, you know, we thought, both thought that it was really good. Uh, basically, uh, this woman writing about her own marriage and how it's, uh, it's a non-monogamous marriage, but they're not uh, yet or maybe ever having sex with other people. And uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know, she came to the need for a non-monogamous marriage literally 
from the same standpoint that I understand why my marriage is non-monogamous and it's because I can't handle any limitations that are placed on me and I just don't want to have limitations and I will actively rebel against them. Uh, So this resonated really strongly with me because that's exactly how I feel. Uh, So I highlighted a couple of things that I'd like to read from. Actually, it's not that long. I think it's worth reading. That whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's our podcast. All right. Okay. (laughs) I'm in an open marriage. Well, to be simultaneously more and less specific, I'm in a non-monogamous marriage. An open marriage in the non-traditional world means that the couple may be having sex with other people but with no emotion involved. In contrast, in a polyamorous relationship, it means the couple is having sex with others and may also be having full-fledged relationships with others. For my husband and I, a non-monogamous marriage means that we're not subscribing to the traditional notion of sexual monogamy being required in a marriage. It means that we don't believe that the only way to be sexual in a marriage is with each other. It means that we're okay with the idea of sexual exploration. What it doesn't mean right now is that we're actually having sex with other people. You see, the importance of an open marriage to me has nothing to do with getting to have sex with others or having sex with others or planning to have sex with others. Those factors are things that most people think of, uh, think of when they think of an open marriage. But they're secondary to the most important part of an open marriage, the openness. I have never been a big fan of being restricted or constrained in any way. For a long time, I railed against the idea of commitment in any and all forms. It was for this exact reason that while there was no great difficulty in my deciding to get married to the only man I've ever met that made me believe in the idea of the one, there was some difficulty in adjusting to the idea of marriage. My husband knew from the moment he met me that I wasn't a traditional sort, so neither of us ever thought we'd be having would have anything other than a non-monogamous marriage. That said, even adapting to the idea of a non-monogamous marriage, rather than me hopping from date to hook up to whatever else I felt like without care or consideration for a partner, was difficult. My husband and I both had a strong desire to understand each other and make our marriage work. I, of course, wanted to try to open my commitment boundaries in order to create a beautiful marriage with my husband. He wanted to try to understand non-monogamy so that we could both be open about our desires. Both of these issues came to a head the week before our wedding. One Monday afternoon, I found myself alone in what was soon to be our apartment, having a complete and total panic attack about the idea of getting married. My freakout, as I called it, had nothing to do with him as a person. It had everything to do with the institution of marriage, open or otherwise. Church. I tried writing, (laughs) that's exactly how Tion felt. (laughs) No, do we have to? I tried writing in my journal, I tried texting my sister, I tried messaging some friends. Everyone had words of wisdom for me, but the general idea was that I should try to deal with my freakout on my own, 
and not share it with my betrothed because uh, he might be hurt or start to panic himself. Betrothed? Sure. I tried listening to that wisdom and failed. I called my then fiancé and told him in no uncertain certain terms that I was absolutely panicking and that I needed him. He, though faced with a full calendar of things to do before the wedding, dropped everything on his to-do list and came over. We sat down and talked. We talked about the fact that I hadn't seen myself as a wife material for a long time and that I wasn't sure I was going to be able to deal well with it. We talked about the fact that non-monogamy was really important to me and it was really new for him. We talked about the fact that being bound to another human in any way through familial blood or marriage or even friendship can be scary and feel suffocating to me and that I could need his help to be understanding and let me explore the world alone when I started to feel like that that suffocation. We talked about what it meant to be in a marriage where we were open to sexual interactions with others and how we would navigate the world of non-monogamy together. It felt like we talked about everything under the sun. And at the end of it, I was glad that I ignored other people's advice to not let my husband in on my panic. It made me realize that part of why I didn't love traditional relationships is because they feel based on the idea of maintaining love through polite fictions. Pause. Say that again, please. It made me realize that part of why I didn't love traditional relationships is because they feel based on the idea of maintaining love through polite fictions. Wait. Rewind and come again. That's super fucking good. Say it one more time. Oh, my God. It's a good one. It made me realize that part of why I didn't love traditional relationships is because they feel based on the idea of maintaining love through polite fictions. We claim our partners are our best friends and that we tell them everything, but that's only true to a certain point. We may tell them we find an actor or actress on the big screen attractive, but we certainly don't tell them we wouldn't mind getting to know what it's like to have sex with a cute barista at our favorite coffee joint. We might tell them that we feel overwhelmed by work and stress and adulting, but we certainly don't tell them the chains of traditional monogamy are weighing us down. We might even tell them that we need a bit of space from the relationship, but we probably don't tell them when we want the space to go on the first date with someone else. The importance of my open marriage to me, then, isn't the sexual openness, it's the emotional openness. It's the idea that because we've removed the normal boundaries that exist in traditional relationships, we can communicate about everything. So yes, I'm in an open marriage, but neither of us is sleeping with anyone else right now. If and when either of us want to, however, we'll talk about it honestly because it is the very fact that I'm in an open relationship that truly allows me to truly be myself with my husband and build a foundation of trust, communication, and love. Oh. Yep, and there you have it, the actual real, real, real reason to have a non-traditional, non-monogamous, open, whatever you want to call it, like I hate all of those terms, 
I think maybe I like the non-traditional the most. Marriage is so that you can actually be honest with each other. And, uh, you know, it's not the easiest. Uh, but it's definitely the, the, freak, the benefits are insane and the relief that you feel that you can talk about things that normally you'd be bottling up inside of you because really there is no one else you can talk about that to. And uh, it's so important that eventually it's going to come out in some sideways way. Uh, just mm. the fact that you can talk about it makes a huge difference. Yeah. The, psych- the psychological and emotional damage that comes with having to repress things that are important to you to the so-called person that you're supposed to be the closest to is because you don't want to hurt their feelings yeah it's i mean on one hand you're telling yourself this this is the closest person to me who i've committed to spend this a massive amount of time if not my whole life with and then on the other hand you're like but i can't tell this person the most dearest things to my heart of even about the relationship. That's what you have girlfriends for. Yeah, but that polarity is, will internally eat you up and that's what the passive aggressive energy comes from. That's where the subtle resentment comes from. I think that I have always refused to have uh, girlfriends for that exact reason. That I never wanted to have someone that I would complain to. Right. Uh, and I can feel it now to where, you know, if someone I'm close to, I uh, spend too much time talking about either something I'm pondering that's difficult that has to do with you or something, right. you know, other that has to do with you. And it's not uh, something that I either uh, am ready to or want to discuss with you. Right. Like It changes the whole balance and how... I am around you. Right. So it's not, like to me, it's absolutely not helpful to have girlfriends I can complain, so to speak, to. But most most people do. Right. And also like, that right there specifically ties into one of the topics that I had for notes is just, it would help us all to really, really, really understand and accept how vulnerable we are to other people's opinions and energy. Yeah. Like, we may not think about it. We just talk about shit to all different types of people and friends and just not realizing that we're opening up ourselves to receive their opinions and their emotion and their energy about Mm -hmm. our stuff, which really has a strong impact on how we act. And it makes it harder for us to hear our own voice at times if we're not careful. Not saying that all the opinions we get from friends is bad, but you really have to be mindful about who you're talking to about what because we are very much susceptible to be moved off of our core based upon somebody else, especially if they're speaking passionately oh, yeah. and we value their opinion. So that can change a lot. Um, but the, for me, the most important thing is like, if the thing that I need to share is specifically about my position in this relationship and I'm not sharing that, which basically tells me there are certain nutrients that I'm not getting that I need to discuss to see if they're available, but I'm afraid or I don't want to cause a ruckus, so I'm just gonna not eat. I'm just gonna just kind of be a little bit malnourished. And how long does that go before that malnutrition either gets sought somewhere else because you can't talk about it or um, it turns into resentment? 
and all types of other things that happen in that space. Right. So that goes super smoothly into, you know, this article that I posted and uh, Tion had a survey going on. And uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, that's about why women, why more women cheat. Like more and more people or more and more women cheat. And I guess the ratios are catching up to, you know, the ratios of men that cheat. And somehow, of course, men cheating has been acceptable and although not approved of, you know, but that's always been going on. But there's been this big change in now women either uh, accepting that or admitting that they cheat or the rates are actually really going up. Right. It's probably both. Yeah. My guess is that it's it's probably both. Right. And so before we get into that, we're going to save that for the second half. We'll take a break in about a few minutes. But let's talk more about um, some of the things specifically that you liked in that article. Like the, the, like the term open and the whole concept oh, of know. just being open in general. Like I think it deserves more conversation because people... Um, have a tendency to assume that if you want anything other than monogamy, it's for sexual reasons. And, you know, as much as we try to create the space to say, it's rarely ever about sex. The sex is usually a tool, like a marketing thing, or, or, or use a tool for guilt, depending on what side you're using it for. But it's rarely never the issue. It's the nutrients you're trying to get from having open, honest dialogue and from being able to be yourself and have these conversations um, is way more rooted. That That's much more of the root than anything else. So what this article said... Yeah, I don't know that it's... I don't know that it's... Yeah, I would say that it's way, you know, more of a root than sex because, I mean, it, for a lot of people, sex is, you know, and being able to have sex with more than one person is... The main reason uh, in, you know, how I feel is different and how I feel is, uh, uh, you know, I, I really uh, understand how the author feels. Like those, I think, um, my reasoning uh, chimes with her reasoning very, uh, very nicely and but for a lot, for most, you know, for most people, you know, uh, I know, you know, for you, it sex has a, like a huge part like that. That's right. a huge reason why it's you a, want an open relationship. Well, it's, it's a part of, it's a big branch of the root. The root is the freedom to choose, the freedom to receive the other nutrients that maybe the relationship does not provide us. Um, to have a different perspective, to learn from different people in different places. Sex is a great, fun, powerful, deep way to do that, but it's not solely for the sex. I mean, if you lack the sex, then it's different. But most of the time when people say the sex is lacking, it's desire that's lacking. And they want more of that. And they get that from having sex with um, different people because there's different energy. There's not this... I know this person. That's the mother of my child. That's the father well, of my, you know. Yeah. All the time, so I so. think you know. I think it's not. It's the. 
I mean, the desire is lacking because it's all closed up. And it's like, you know, one of your friends said, like, I look at this guy that I'm now with and have kids with, and I think, wow, is this the only sex I'm going to have for the rest of my life? Right. And that's scary. If you don't have that thought, if you have, you know, if your thoughts are, okay, well, this is the father of my kids, this is who I'm with, but I also have the freedom to, I'm not obligated to only stick to this, uh, your appreciation for what you have, I think, is automatically higher. Right. And it's, you have the freedom. So there's some... It's just like there's more... Like to me, it gives you more oxygen to breathe. Yeah. Like if I have a choice, if I know I have a choice, I'm really going to choose. If I know that I'm not allowed to have a choice, my it's like the first... Uh, I, that's the straight up anecdote from my life. The first black guy I was ever sexually with, uh, I went on one date with him, and my parents freaked the hell out. Like, mom was in bed claiming this was not why we came to the U.S. <laughs> uh, for her daughter to be going out with a black man. Not She knew nothing about him, just right. the fact that. And that, like, I got mad. I told her what I thought about it. I got in the car, went straight to his place and had sex with no, like, it was like first date. Right, right. Like, I had no intentions of doing it. Right. I got home and was faced with this huge backlash. Right. And like, and I was like 22. Got in my car and went back and like, nope, this is what we're doing. Right. And it's funny because... 25 years later, I think we recently talked, and he's like, no, I knew that that was the reason. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> like, yeah, but you know. I'm not bad at that reason. Not There's bad. benefits for everybody Yeah, it's like, I know it was your parents that, you know, that didn't want you, and that's why you came back. But that's like, it, it, that's what right. I would do in any, like, you know, if I know I don't have freedom of choice, I'll go and find that. Right. You rebel against the oppression. And, and that's a big thing. Um, you know, it's hard for us to hear our true voice when we're being forced to be one way, even if that one way is something that we would choose right. if we had our own space. But the fact that we can't choose makes us want to choose the other things. Yeah. And it's I, I mean, that one goes into I just had a conversation with, uh, you know, my stepson and we talked about all different like the fears that we carry with us, you know, the trying to fill the void that we have, and we're kind of going a little bit off topic, but it's going to come back to it, is, and and those things make us choose out of uh, malnourishment. We're trying to fill, fill a void right. that we have for one reason or another, whether it's, you know, uh, us having a childhood that created the void or us entering into a relationship that has created the void. But we make those choices out of this, uh, out of the, you know, malnourishment. And we grab onto a person. And it could have been the per like, it could be that if we were well-fed, we would still choose that person. Right. But maybe we wouldn't choose to, you know, marry them right away and have a child. Maybe we would have chosen to... Hang out for a year and right. learn them better, and learn be aware of their bad 
uh, habits, you know, I mean, that's how I got into my first marriage. Right. You know, my parents, like, were way too strict. I wanted to get out of the house. Right. And he was super cool, so I got out of the house with him. And then I didn't give myself a chance to learn that, oh, he's super cool, everything checks out, but he has this habit. Right. And by the time I realized he had this habit, it was far too gone. Like, I was way too deep. Right. And I didn't feel like I could reverse it. And then, But what I'm saying is that I would have liked him just as much. Right. Because he was a really cool person. But the way that I made that decision and entered into that relationship did not give me the space to figure out okay, well, what else is, like, how does he really function? Right. Yeah, and it really boils down to, like, we're talking about these feelings that we search for a lot of times are our forms of food. It's our forms of nourishment. Um, And if we don't know how to self-nourish, we look in other people, other places, other things to nourish us. And that's great while they're around and they're available. But if they're not, then we're at a deficit, then which makes us a little bit more short-sighted and desperate to make decisions to quickly get that fixed, which may not be the best long-term. But for example, this is back into the um, the topic of freedom, freedom of choice, open yeah. open dialogue is this. Okay, so I fell in love with hip hop, like, you know, whatever, 86, 87. And once I, like, once I went from just listening to it to where I fully was into it, to where I was studying it, to where I was looking for new releases, where I was going back, finding old magazines, like, you know, it was cool. And then I got really, really, really into it. It became the core vehicle in my life. But that did not stop me from continuing to skateboard. It did not stop me from getting into graffiti and, and participating in that part of it. It didn't stop me from getting in love with business or bowling or other things. And the moral of that is hip hop changed my life and became my nucleus. But even my nucleus is not my whole being. If all I had was hip hop to listen to but couldn't participate in any other way, I could just be a listener because that's what I chose, my relationship with hip hop would not be as nourished, would not be as loving um, because it's not enough to be my all, but it's a majority. And that's the thing with the relationship and people have this absolutist, if you like hip-hop and you want to be a fan, then that's all you should be. Like, you can't listen to reggae. You can't listen. To, this should be enough. Yeah. Where in reality, it's like the relationship, your marriage, your core relationship can provide 90% of your vitality and nourishment. But it may not provide all and you still may well, want other so, things. I mean, it's, you know, usually what the way it goes is that it provides all for a time while the new relationship energy lasts. Right. And that's about, what, a year or two. Right. It provides all of it, 100%, or right. so we feel. And then it starts to wane because it always wanes because that's right. our nature and that's what I'm that. trying to, to always convey. Right. Like, we get bored. We get used to each other. Right. We start taking each other for granted and it's not a fault of ours that's just how we work and I don't think I don't know a single person other than maybe myself who looks at their spouse exactly the same way 
15 years down the road as they did in the first year. And the only reason that I feel that way is because we have, like, if, you know, we have um, the relationship style that is not stagnant. Right. We're not, I don't, I can't take anything for granted. Right. Because I just freedom. can't. We have freedom. Because the situation with this, for example, I guarantee she would not look at me that same way if I was the only person she was allowed to be intimate with. Yeah. Whether she does or not, she would look at me a little bit different because this institution would be a part of... Oppression. Oppression. Yeah. Um, and it's just how it is. I mean... I, I just think that really the way it happens is you're in love, you find that person, you get married, it lasts for, you know, a year, two, three... And then it starts to wane. Uh, and then when those things start to change, because we can't tell the spouse, hey, you know, I'm kind of bored with this. Right. Can we, you know, do something else? So we try to do something else. We go on some trips, you know, right. we buy some sexy lingerie, we do this. But that thing is still like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, John, when we first got together, my first husband's like, you know, sex. And he was 12 years older than me. And, right. you know, it wasn't his first rodeo. And he's like, you know, there's only so many things you can do in sex. It becomes, you know, same old. Right. And it's the feeling that you put into it that keeps it going. It's right. not like the physical thing. Right. It's not the... It's not right. the lingerie. Right. And, it's and not just, the lingerie. It's not this. It's not... It's just the... Like, it becomes... Right. You know, it's... So now, instead of having sex twice a day, you right. have it once a day. And then you have it three times a week. And then you have it once a week. And then you love your husband just as much. It's just you're not that excited about it. Right. And that's where it shifts from um, desire being the height. To where desire goes down, the love is still there. The per yeah. you really love them and you need them, but the desire is not there. And that's what a lot of women talk about. And, like desire, and I think we'll you into. know, I think this article is really. I mean, the reason why it stood up so much and resonated with me uh, is that those are the things that you would normally cannot talk about. Right. And so this goes in. We're gonna go into a break right now, but. We're leading into this. So the whole concept of being able to choose and supplement with other music, other activities, other friendships and stuff like that is not because your relationship is lacking or not good enough or that. It's just understanding that you could love something, but it doesn't necessarily handle every single part of your diet that would be considered your balanced diet emotionally, physically, well, and spiritually. Well, a lot of the times it is the relationship that's lacking and there are problems and stuff, And but we don't have tools because we don't communicate. We don't have tools to even start resolving them. And, right. you know, <clears throat> by the time that we realize that we have these huge problems, we're already way past uh, past the opportunity to start fixing them. Yeah, and we're not like, and it goes back to the word saying very beginning. We're just, we are not giving ourselves the kind, empathetic space to be honest with ourselves with what the issues are a lot of times, which then makes it really hard to do in a relationship, but also due to judgment of self within and of 
the person you may be talking to, your partner, your spouse, you don't feel comfortable telling them certain things because you already feel what kind of judgment they will pass based upon how they've judged other people in the conversations you have. Like a lot of times, you know, you could tell how your husband or your wife feels about open or kink or whatever based upon how they've judged other people who are going through those things. And then you go, ooh, shit, like, I was kind of, I kind of feel that other person where they're saying we need to do something different. But since my husband's like, that shit is crazy. I would never do that. If you think that's the, if they think that's the right way, they're going straight to whatever. Then the woman's going to be like, oh, okay, well, I just, I'm not going to then say that because I already know what he's going to say. So therefore, we can't be honest. Things get repressed. Issues surmount. Problems yeah. start to, foundation starts cracking. But we'll go further and further and further. But right now, we're going to go into a break. We're going to go into a song break. What are we doing during a break? Uh, yawning. Can we do anything? Do cartwheels, push-ups. Um, I can toss my salad. It might help my bruised heels. <laughs> like a quick salad break. Or your butt cheek. <laughs> yeah. I can massage your butt cheek. Perfect. Um, this will be a song by Tanya Stevens called You're Not Ready For This Yet, Boy. And she says, first couple lines, in case you don't understand the patois. <laughs> Have you ever stopped to think what make a gal cheat? Go from there. Okay, so we're gonna do that. <laughs> the Black Russian Podcast, Tion Buku One. That's Hila. We'll be back. Hey, Miss mention. ask yourself this question. Uno se uno Have you ever asked her if she like how you do it? You need to check yourself before you start kiss your teeth. You're not ready for this yet, boy. Have you ever wonder where make a girl come? A woman must be satisfied before you say you're done. You can't say a thing if you end up again fun. You're not ready for this yet, boy. And you're a little fool as say I rule the world. And with my bum scary and I sleep over world. Get your act together for you look another girl. You're not ready for this yet, boy. Did you even realize a woman have mood? You often know for young girl, it's when girl go on road. That's why you're not the man I eat bully for food. Cause, oh no, not ready for Oh no, not ready for Oh no, not ready for this yet, boy. Moza, oh no, full of, full of yourself, right? Hot fire, they are but they own a place. Got a fear of a miracle for make the dead race. Round them up and lock them up for day, hey, hey. Have you ever stopped to think what make a girl cheat? And have you ever asked her if she like how you do it? You need to check yourself before you start kiss your teeth Cause you're not ready for this yet, boy Have you ever wondered where make a girl come? A woman must be satisfied before you say you're done You can't say your thing if you end up a get mud Cause you're not ready for this yet, boy Me hear a little fool I say I rule the world And with my bum scary and I sleep over mud Get your act together for you look another girl Cause you're not ready for this yet, boy. Did you even realize a woman have mood? You often know for young girls when girl are going rude. That's why you're not the man I eat when he pound of food. Cause who don't know ready for it? Who don't know ready for it? Who don't know ready for this yet, boy? Man, I kick back and say him now watch the face. While a woman I relax for another man base. So what we look at now is like him soon get replaced. Him say bad man, no worry about no petty case. Okay, we're back. And I have good news Everyone's and bad happy. news. Yes. Well, the good news is, well, the bad news is, I didn't get my salad tossed or my booty rubbed. 
The good news is we watched goats. Little, little kid goats jumping around, and they were awesome. Like little action, extreme sports goats. Uh, little goats. Pretty funny. Funny, funny, funny. Okay, cool. So we're going to get into the second part of this because where we left off is why it's important to have open dialogue and have a relationship that is open, at least in conversation yep. and expression of oneself. Because yep. um, if not... Yeah, because if we don't have it, then what happens is... Well, this, we're going to get it. Either we're going to get it and not be honest about how we get it, or we're going to resent the relationship right. and a relationship will suffer because there's nothing less sexy than a situation you resent. Yeah. You know, you don't want to please your oppressor. And even though the person may not be trying to be that, they represent a part of your your life that is of oppressed life so yeah so this whole article which i feel like i know by heart now because i've talked about it so much and have had so many arguments and we've had so many comments on it uh, is basically a statistical thing i mean both statistical and anecdotal you know the author's girlfriends one at a time together separately you know, basically are talking about, yeah, I uh, cheat on my husband and I come home and I'm happier and I'm nicer to him and things are great. Or I am totally monogamous until I go out of town once a, once a month or any other, you know, form of cheating. And, uh, you know, it, it appears that, A, women are more comfortable talking about it, uh, and B, there is more of it. And then the question is, why is it happening? So, you know, there's a couple of, there are a couple of very obvious, uh, clear reasons as to why. I think we can probably right. all, if we well, think long enough, we should can... Should we go into me posing this question to people? And no. then we'll tell the real answer of why? I mean, we can't, yeah. Because, you know, that's kind of the sequence of it. So, I was very curious as to why men and women thought that women cheated. So, I texted a bunch of friends and then posted on Facebook and Instagram, why do you think women cheat? And so, right now, I'm going to read... Like four or five of the women's, I mean the men's ones, really short, summarize them, and then I'll read a couple of the women's ones, and then we'll go into what you're talking about. So, you know, one guy says, oh, it varies, because something's lacking in their relationship, or maybe things could have just happened, the right person at the right time. Or, of course, the woman just has whole nature, mm. right? So you're like, okay, all right. Uh, you know, another dude is like fundamentally not getting what they need. Maybe it's not being listened to. Maybe it's having to take care of kids, do the dishes, not have a partner in all their life. Maybe monogamy is hard, uh, which was, you know, kind of a neat one. And then one person was like, maybe they do it for revenge. If the guy cheats and the woman cheats out of revenge. And uh, let's see. Another one, let me think about insecurity with one's partner, insecurity in themselves, narcissistic behavior, alcohol-induced decisions, fear of commitment. God, dudes can be douches. I know. I'm looking. One of my dudes said, insecure, poor family issues, daddy issues. 
Oh my God. The next question would have been, uh, have you ever cheated on your wife or a girlfriend to the dude? How do you, so what kind of problems do you have? I know. And then one was saying, I'll read two more. One was saying they both cheat for the same reason an ability to communicate what they want. Many times this is because they have no idea what they want engage in habits completely against what they want. And of course, one of the guys said, because they, because they can, they don't have to think it through. But this is the dopest one. And I'm going to give my boy Khufu like, oh, the prize for action. I'm going to call him out for saying it. He said, I think it could be several reasons. One could be that she is in a space, she is tired of the same thing and becomes curious. Another reason could be that the guy is a plain asshole <laughs> and oppressive in some fashion. It could be that she is not receiving adequate time or emotional support and has been spending time with someone who listens and responds appropriately for her standards. Some women may get to a point where they become so overworked out in the field, like they're working so hard at work, with another person who becomes their close confidant due to the work they decide to do something. I think most of the time it's just due to not being satisfied with what you have in front of you and not being comfortable within your own self to ask the one you're with to do things you like. Communication and fear are why people cheat in my eyes. Yep. So that was, that was the men. Mm-hmm. So, you know... <laughs> We have yeah. we we have some men that are fully more elaborate. We have some men that are that probably never thought too much about it. Um, but overall, you know, not many people thoroughly think about it. So I'm just read a couple of the girls. Not much because they're pretty much aligned with what you're talking about. So that's what dudes say. Mm-hmm. Now I had to add a couple of the good dudes in there because we have, you know, some really good dudes. But if I did a general consensus outside of my core base. You probably would have got more of the ones who are like, they're insecure, they're tripping, they're, they got whole nature. Right. And weird stuff like that. I was like, wow, whole nature, okay. Whole nature. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, so a lot of women said it's due to the lack of communication, understanding what the relationship is. I also think women cheat because they feel insecure of themselves. Also, the feeling you get when you first meet somebody and first start dating, you know, there's a lot to be said about that chase. Mm-hmm. Especially things get too comfortable in situations. Some women feel trapped and want to get get want and get caught up and want to get out of the relationship just for a little bit of you know change of pace. So I'll just do a couple quick more. And um, you know, but it's are you already see like the women are thinking about this a little bit more thorough, which would probably tell you they probably thought about it a little bit more. Um, well, and, because they're the ones that would cheat. Right. Well, but you know, well, and I think, men are okay, affected so, by that. So, but no. So there is also a difference. Like we've talked about it before, men are more physical and women are more emotional. So for men, if they know if they cheat, it's just because they want to go get sex. So they would transfer that whole uh, understanding to a woman. Like, oh, she just wants to go get laid. Right. And it's like, no, most likely not. Sometimes yes, but other times no, not really. Right. So, so it's it's also you know the the difference in um, opinion and explanation also comes from the difference in how men and women are wired. Right. Yeah. Um, so no, it's very very true. So we'll go into you know basically you know one one really good one that says you know a good friend of ours who you know just got married had reasons even though she had not but she had very clear symptoms of what would lead to possibility does that and 
You know, she was saying it's, it's exciting and it's a huge turn on to do something new with someone you don't know. Um, even sometimes being sneaking the risk of being caught in the thrill. First kisses are amazing and it's so exciting to be with a new partner. Um, you know, she's like, now that I have children, it's not sure if she could cheat because the risks are high, but very, but, and I'm very honest with the partner, but I know she's telling herself, but she misses the other joys. But basically the moral of most of those women's stories, they do go through a lot about they're not being, the needs are not being met. And they've, sometimes they've tried to communicate it with their partner and they haven't been received with any kind of love or understanding or compassion. Um, otherwise, you know, they just, don't want to bother, you know, ruffling the feathers. But yep. then, but then there was a lot of judgment too, even from women. Yeah. Because, you know, they were disloyal. You know, because they couldn't follow through with their commitment. You know, and grateful. But very, very wide range. But the bottom is, bottom line is, women have a much broader range of why women cheat, where men have a much narrower perception as to why yeah, women then cheat. And just that, that difference contributes to why women would be tempted to cheat because clearly there's a huge difference in the emotional understanding of what goes into relationship. I can guarantee you, you can have, and we have seen examples of relationships where the woman's going nuts uh, with you know frustration and lack of attention to her and all that shit that she has to do at home with the kids and maintain the household and, you know, book all of the kids' activities and schedule everything. And so she's basically ready to go or go find someone to hang out with. And if you ask that same husband, it's like, no, this is great. Right. Like a total difference in perception <laughs> of, of how things really are. And that's because, I mean, there is a big, there is a straight up difference in how women perceive things and how men perceive things. Right. Even, you know, in a simple, I can be looking at you and you're like in the morning looking off and thinking about it. My first, like, you know, sometimes you're like, why are you looking at me? Why are you concerned? <laughs> I'm like, I'm all wondering, are you thinking about something, <laughs> you know, serious? Are you considering something? And you're like, no, I'm thinking about painting or right. I'm thinking about skateboarding. I'm, I'm like, I'm playing this trick in my head. And my mind is all in this like, <laughs> like super like the conspiracy theory shit. Right. Yeah. So, you know, For I real? mean, yeah, <laughs> like it's... I'm never looking at you first thing in a while. I'm be like, oh, look at me, I'm just fucking roll out of the bed, like covert onto the floor, crawl around to the bathroom. <laughs> no, but I'm, what I'm saying is that there's right. a different, like there's a big difference in the simplicity of the male mind versus all right. that stuff that women put into, you know, our own brains like what we do so but i think going back to like in reality why women cheat is uh because well i think and i agree you know with the uh, article that a there is more um the more we get financially secure and independent the more we start adopting the behavior of men 
Mm-hmm. There, I can because I can because I can afford to go and pay for you know to go out right. without asking you, because I can go on a business trip because my work allows for it. Right. Because I can afford to go, you know, pay for some trip, uh, and then uh, so that's one. You know, I no longer have to you know stay at home and ask for all the money and account to you for it. Right. So now I have more money, more time outside of the house, more people I see. And, right. you separate know, community, you have your own community, community, work community, business friends, uh, yeah. Right, and, you know, for one reason or another, whether I'm happy at home or not, that creates opportunities that I may or may not be willing to take. Right. Um, and then... Uh, another one that I'd never thought about, but it seems very valid. Uh, you know, a lot of us in our age are a product of uh, divorced families. You know, divorced parents. I'm not, but, you know, 50% of people yeah, are. I am. Right. And, you know, for a lot of women, when they lived through their parents divorcing, that left a trauma. And then they want to do everything they can to avoid having their kids go through that. So, And on top of it, they might have a relationship they put a lot of effort into, and it's a good, good relationship otherwise, but right. something's lacking, you know, new energy, uh, being taken for granted, no desire... And then you don't want to break up the marriage because you've put so much into it. Right. You don't want to put your kids through it. And overall, 80, 90% is just fine. So you literally go out and do what guys do and you go find someone to have sex with and have a good time with and you come back and you're fine. You're happy. And this relationship, this marriage is as as solid as it was yesterday. Right. Um. And then, you know, why cheat then and why not explain this to your husband? Various reasons, because maybe your husband won't understand and it'll be too much of a big deal. I don't want to have a headache of going through it. or The shaming, or the even Or when they do understand, then I have to deal with the community. You know, the first question out of a lot of my friends' mouths when they find found out that we were doing this podcast was like really are you gonna uh, what you're not concerned like what do you mean you're not concerned about what other people will say and that's the reality a lot of people would be concerned you know i'm lucky i'm not but a lot of people are concerned i can see a situation where you know my kids friends parents find out that we're in an open marriage and now they don't want to let them come over to the house to play and uh, that would be an issue that you may not want to put your kids through right and the reason why you don't want to have an actual legal open relationship so there's a lot of reasons uh but you know i think what's happened when we asked or when we started talking about it, and when we asked uh, other people to chime in with their opinions as to why women cheat, what we got instead was the 
judgment and the opinion versus the reason. There was very little actual pure reason listed, but a lot more judgment and a negative connotation attached to it. Right. And that's not, that was not the original question. Right. How we deal with our issue is our own decision. Just how we deal with being overweight, not wanting to work out, being addicted to food, being addicted to nicotine, using recreational marijuana. Those are our issues. That's that like what we how we deal with them are is as individual as what kind of underwear I like to wear. It's my choice. It's I will do the best I can to figure out how to deal with it. Uh, We were just trying to observe and understand um, and discuss as you know the actual phenomena of more and more women cheating and that becoming on par with men, and let's talk about what goes on, like what goes into that. Right, and talk objectively, like let's ponder what the motives are. Like the fact is this is happening, what do you think the reasons are? Um, And objectively though, like non-good or bad, non-judgmental, it's not about, um, but it does come out that there's a lot of natural negative connotation, negative judgments and shaming to people who have partaken in infidelity. And just like with everything else, when we judge someone, uh, I think that a lot of the reason why we do that is to make ourselves feel better about our own choices. Right. And I have learned that loud and clear through seeing how my mom responded to the choices that I have made. And I didn't. it didn't click with me until... Uh, I've realized that her very, very visceral negative reaction when I started uh, leaving the kids when they were, I don't know, two and two and five, two and six, right. you know, to go out of town for no good reason in right. her mind. I didn't make up the first time that I didn't make up an official, I need to go on a business trip reason, right. but... No, I want to go out of town for two days to hang out with Tion Reason. Right. That was visceral. Right. The reaction was like, like I was the worst person, the worst mom on earth. And after a few times, like it took me a while to understand that what I was doing was showing her that the choices that she made may not have been the only choices that she could have made. Right, she never, right. ever, ever once left us at home. Right. Like one time, I think, mm. when mm, I was wow. like in third grade. But she never did anything for her own pleasure. Right. Uh, everything was done for us. And that's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not faulting her for that. That's how she thought that was, you know, how, what she was supposed to do. And she literally thought it was the only thing that she could do. Right. And that was yeah. because of the, the upbringing that she had and, uh, you know, where she lived and the circumstance. Uh, but what I'm saying is that when she started seeing me make different choices and, start, and started seeing me make choices that were just for me, the reaction was extremely negative. Right. So I think that a lot of this judgment 
that comes out is for the reason of defending the people's own position. Right. That I would never do this. That's, that's perfectly fine. I'm not telling you that, that you should do this. Right. So your position is yours. You don't need to defend it. But the fact that you are defending it without me attacking it right. means that you're not quite as secure in it as, as, as you think you are. So let's put these other people down to make myself feel more secure in my decision making. Right. And that's, I think that's a really, really, really strong uh, motivator to have negative judgments. Right. Because there's like, there's, we found out there's so many reasons that people will decide to go outside of their marriage. And not all of them are because they're just wanting to go party and be drunk. If there's a lot of reason that doesn't, and definitely it does not mean that the relationship is faulty, it's bad, it's doomed, or that they don't love the person or don't deeply care about their responsibilities. Not, Any of that. There's and so, a whole different, you know, and my, my general question is define cheating. Right. Like what, you know, what's cheating? Uh, and I, I have a hard time defining that. I know that, you know, people that live in a more of a black and white world don't have a hard time defining that. But they think it's sex-based. Well, no, I think it's uh, if, you're, if you can't tell your husband, that's cheating. Right. That's an interesting one. That's a good one. Yeah. I one... think, I mean, that, that if, you, if you ask me for what I think, you know, most people's definition right. of cheating is, is if you're lying, you're cheating. Right. Well, as we know, uh, there are many different lines that are drawn to define cheating. And we lie about a lot of different things. Right. Like well, we will lie about, uh, you know, uh, what we eat. Right. We, we all <laughs> lie. I mean, to people... To act as if yeah. any of us don't lie is yeah, crazy. Yeah, totally. We all lie. We yep. pick and choose how much of the truth we share and we don't share. And yeah. why? Yeah. Our goal is or to get when to, we share or it, when the we share. Of sharing right. The the goal, our goal is to try to be as forthright with with the things that we need to be and use our guiding. You know, another thing is whatever. But we all do it. So the definition of cheating is when somebody is not. You can't tell somebody something then we all must be cheating because most people can't, like we just talked about, they don't tell each other a lot of their honest depths. They'll tell the, the easy ones, but they won't right. tell the difficult ones. But if you so, go so and in that physically sense, that should have, be cheating. That would, right. you know, the yeah, I had cheating. this thought, Tion, I had this thought, and in that thought, I didn't like you. Right. But I didn't tell you. Right. Then Did I cheat you, on right, you? you might be cheating the relationship because you're not being honest. But, but yeah, so like, if you ask 10 people, where does cheating, where is the line? Some people will go, well, anything you can't tell your spouse, uh, then that's cheating without thinking that through because that's clearly right. not. Or when you go have sex with somebody else and it's like, okay, well, what if you don't have sex but you're emotionally engaging right. with someone else? Well, well, that too, but they never, they will never say that. Yeah. So then it's like, well, so are they, are they not allowed to have close friends Okay, so sex? if I go away to a conference. Right. And I meet someone there that I know or whatever. And we hang out in the same room but don't have sex. Right. I think most people would be like, that's cheating. But what if he just comes over for an hour, we have a drink and right. he leaves? Was right. that cheating? Technically, it shouldn't be. But basically, cheating is defined by... What if by... we have a drink at a bar? 
And he never enters my room. Right. It's, I mean, <laughs> what it boils down to, I think, is in a relationship, anything that makes me feel uncomfortable, yeah. I'm going to call cheating. And I'm going to move that goalpost different ways. And I'm going to probably not align mine and what I want to do with, with what yours yeah. is. And there goes a lot of times there's a difference with what men think they can do. That's totally fine. Yeah. But if another man was doing that with their girl, they'd be like, they'd be not cool with that. Yeah. So and that goes into the privilege. Um, right. You know. So then, you know, that goes into um, this other article that I made you read. Right. And it wasn't as fun for you, I guess. We didn't talk about it much because we didn't have time. We didn't have time. Um, not that it was. It, I mean, it's not like a funny, haha, jokey thing. Right. It, you and know what it felt like? I'll tell you what it felt like. And it's kind of neat. So you sending me that article and me reading it, being a man, I probably have the same range of emotion that you have to work through as someone sending a white person yeah. an article about white privilege. Yeah. Because you feel like you first were like, oh, and you like you want to get like you like Ooh, this is uncomfortable. I feel like I need to defend, defend or denounce that. And, and then, then you're like, I do this. Well, there's and a I part of you that. that's just like, no, sit down, shut up, listen. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Just make you know, like, hey, it's, she's not trying to say this because she's not happy with you. Just soak, understand the privileges that we have as men. Well, and this is the beauty of our relationship. I can say, and the article is basically—it's a very difficult. It was very difficult for me to read because every single freaking word was true, and that's about the emotional labor uh, that women put into the marriage that men don't understand at all. Like even good men, like you know, like Tion, like we'll discuss it first here because we haven't discussed it. Right. But it, you have to put it in front of him. You have to put it in these specific words. It does. It cannot come out of my mouth directly. Uh, there's a lot of like a lot of really complex dance moves that need to go into delivering the message uh, about what is that whole emotional labor and why are we all complaining about it. And it's falling on deaf ears. So, you know, like the beauty of our relationship uh, is that I can do this and uh, he will sit down and read and go through the range of emotions and, and we can talk about it. Uh, so the premise is that uh, basically, you know, the very basic premise that I had put myself into voluntarily and, uh, you know, we enable men in the, in the marriage uh, by doing everything for them, most things, you know. And I'm like the worst enabler on earth. I do every, like, I historically do, am responsible for the whole household for maintaining grocery lists and when groceries need to be bought and what we're going to eat and where the kids gonna go, what camps, not camps, play dates, no play dates, who's gonna pick up, who's gonna drop off, who's gonna do what. And, you know, laundry can only be done this one certain way. And if somebody touches my laundry, it's a big deal. And same goes for cleaning and all of that. Uh, so the premise is that we put ourselves into these situations. 
And when we start trying to raise a red flag and go like, hey, this is how I'm feeling, the response from good men that want to care and help is like, hey, honey, you just need to tell me. Right. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. I do not <laughs> want to tell you. Why can't you see that this needs to be done? Why is it that I'm responsible for this? I don't want to tell you because me needing to tell you adds another fucking thing to my to my brain. Like the, now I have to remember to tell you. Right. And now I have to then follow up to make sure that you actually did do it. And if I follow up twice then you're upset because, of course, you know to do it, but then there are times when if I don't follow up twice, it doesn't get done. So it's like it's a very tricky situation, and it's we created it, and there are men that don't do it. I mean, there are definitely men that uh, raised differently. Uh, you know, maybe they had to do all of this right. when they were growing up, and... They like doing it, and, uh, you know, it's yeah. different. There are definitely exceptions to that, like you're saying. There are exceptions, and, you know, I would even add that it's not only that women do it to themselves. The institution of traditional marriage is well, the framework that really... But let me put, like, so this one, and we have not talked about it, so this is new. All right, so since yesterday when we read it, right... right. And we haven't discussed, I've been thinking and I've told you, I'm like, you know, now that I think about it, like I lived with John for six years. Right. I didn't do dishes once. Right. He cleaned just as much as I did. He bought and knew when to buy groceries and, you know, decided what to cook and not cook. And right. did as much laundry as I did. So it was very like, I would say he ran, he paid the bills. Right. Uh, it was a lot, like, it was very, very, very balanced. Right. But yet, I go from him to you, and with you, I absolutely take over 100% of everything. Right. Without even, like, going, oh, what do you mean? In my previous life, I never did the dishes. Right. So I think, I mean, that one is 100% on me because... I like doing that. Right. Like that to me felt like, you know, I'm taking care of this dude. Right. And he appreciates it. And I'm, I like it and I do it better than he anyway. He hasn't shown me that he does dishes better than me or that he does laundry <laughs> better than me. Right. You know, so, and I don't mind. But then it accumulates and over the years and, you know, more kids and more variables and more moving parts and all of that, and eventually it's like, come on, like, seriously? Right. If you take something out, can you please put it back? Like, why is it that I have to remind everyone to do that? So it becomes this emotional toll. Right. That is just, it's, it's, it's uh, unseen. Right. But we feel it. You don't feel it. You don't even know that I feel it unless right. I tell you. But when I tell you, then you'll say, just tell me what to do. Right. And if I start explaining to you that, no, I don't want to tell you what to do, I'd like for you to actually maybe think a little more and do more on your own, then it becomes this whole defensive situation. Right. And who wants to deal with it? Like, I, my brain can't take that, so I'll avoid that conversation. Right. So that's, you know, that article was really difficult for me to read 
and uh, I know it was difficult for you to read, but that's the reality. Right. And you know? the funny thing for me, which is, you know, and it like a reoccurring situation. So for me, I was raised by an alpha, an alpha woman, and um, I have this innate desire or thought in my head that the way that I show um, respect and love and homage to a woman is to not try to lead and dictate, but to fall back and let them lead and be and be their assistant in the areas that they lead in. Not realizing that if I'm not careful, and sometimes that can be misinterpreted as well as, like, I'm just gonna don't fall care. back and yeah. I don't care. Whereas I'm coming from the perception of seeing so many men trying to always dictate and tell you know women what to do yeah but that usually does not does not apply to household chores well no but not, usually no, 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 women way. are left to household chores to do them right but themselves. In, the, in, the, in, the, in the chauvinistic man's mind they're like that's what you do i don't have to do these things right. you know but so it's very fascinating because it's a combination of those things i mean it's a combination of me being enabled and it's a combination of my nature being like, I'll fall back and I'm just down to assist. You let me know what we what you need me to do. I'm down to, I'm ready to do it. Like I'm and you're like, Right, but then what the happens point. is because you were never trained before and I didn't train you, now it's the same as as training someone at work. It's like the most I hate training. I, I hate I hate it's like I don't like newborns. I've, I I want to give them off to someone and please bring them back when they're like five. It's the same, you know, they take this trainee, train them the basic skills and give them to me when I don't have to explain how to do the like absolute basic things. Right. Uh, because that's where we're at. And, you know, that it's, it's, I mean, it's difficult, but then I think that the realization that that's what's happening uh, is a good one because uh, it that's how change starts. Right. So, question: How does that play into why women cheat? It's that emo like that emotional like that that state of you know what she calls emotional labor. Mm -hmm. It's it's like I, I can't, it's like an invisible load that you're carrying. Right. Like my brain is going all the time and I need relief. Right. Like I want a space where I, when I go someplace, like I need, I want a space where as when I enter and take my shoes off, right. I don't have to think about any of that. Right. And if I can get a day or two or three of that, that's bliss. Right. And then I go home and then back to this whole labor I go. But, you know, I think that that contributes. That's in, in the fact that it's so very difficult to explain that to your partner and that that is also what's going on. Right. I mean, it's a really, really difficult thing to talk about and have them understand that that's, uh, you know... Uh, well, it plays a role in... I, the way I would the way I would add to say it is, the emotional toll and the dynamic in the relationship at home, it provides the woman with a lot of nutrients. But with the amount of output she has to do, it doesn't always provide her with all of that because it, she's in a certain role of being the, 
you know, the emotional head of the whole household. Yeah, well, that's what, I mean, in your world, you always, you've met a few women where clearly you go, okay, well, she's a matriarch at home. And that puts so much on her that she, and I'm like, that's what I am. I'm the matriarch at home. And I'm responsible for all of this. So what I'm continuing to translate, so I'm just trying to clarify in one nice term, is that the, the woman who runs the household at times needs, wants, and deserves to be in a space with a different person that yeah. just sees them as them, that there's no other responsibilities yeah. for them to just be them or just or being taken care of yeah. for a minute. Yeah. And a lot of the women that I've encountered have that situation like they don't want to make the plans. They don't want to come up with the whole process. They want it to all, you know, they just want to be out of, they don't want to be referred to as mom. They don't want yep. to be in any momming role. They want to be just themselves. Remember what I always tell you, my ultimate, the ultimate, like, gift that you can give me is I get home and you're like, honey, or whatever you call me, your bag is packed, the right. kids are taken care of, and we're out. Right. To where it's not that, oh, let's plan a trip. Right. You figure out who's going to take care of the kids, Right. where we're going to go, when we're going to go, you know, and all of that, because we go on plenty of getaway trips, right. but... I always figure out who's going to stay with the kids, what are they going to eat, I have to do laundry before we go, all of that. So that's like an additional, sometimes I, you know, there's been a few times where I'm like, I, all that just hurts my head, I'd rather not even do it. Right. And that's real. Yeah. And so that's, that's always, like, it goes back to my thing with myself, it's like, it's funny because I'm always like, there's a part of me that doesn't feel... Like, it's being inclusive to do that. But even though you tell me, like, dude, it would be really good to do that, I'm like, no, but let me check with her. Just right. because my thing is, like, I don't like I mean, doing I that might for me. freak out for two <laughs> minutes, but I will remember, like, right. no, he thought it all through. I can trust it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm slowly undoing, slowly, the whole concept of do unto others as you want others to do unto you in such a literal sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because she would like that surprise. I That surprise would give me anxiety. And I'd be like, why didn't you involve me with this plan? Why didn't you ask me my opinion? Does it not matter? Do you understand? Like, so it's like it's understanding that. So there's a lot, of, a lot of funny parts. But yeah, so that's why in a relationship, it's very hard to be both the teammate, the lover, the mother, the ruler of the home, the most responsible person. Um, and still be the desired one, the fantasy, uh, both given and receiving to your husband. So how do you think, why do you think that, you know, in our relationship, I'm able to be the matriarch and still be desired and like not be relegated to the old dusty? Well, probably for a few reasons. There's the one question would be why is why is it that you know I'm a part of this situation that makes you have to do all this shit and makes you this you know exhaust I'm part of the team that makes you all of that how are you still able to be attracted to me right because a lot of women are just not attracted to their guy as much because it's like this dude is a part of this situation that's draining me because I clearly I've always clearly understood and. 
I, you know, I think I've been blessed to have like the only person I ever complained about that was like, dude, <laughs> you know, you created this, right? So right. you can't blame anybody for this. Uh, I've clearly understood it, that this is my choice. That's, that's, right. that's clearly my choice. Right. So on you my, know? on my end, um, you never turned into complete mom to me. Cause I don't resent you. Well, well, on my, well, I mean, on your end, on my end. Um, I mean, a big part of how we do this is a, I don't confine you. You can do what you want to do. If you say I need to be gone for a week or two, like you can go. I might need help with the plan set up, but you can go, you know, if, um, you know, you're not trapped in this space. I, I do make sure that I'm proactive in the areas that I think I can be. <laughs> um, and if not that I'm very proactively appreciative and attentive to your needs because I know that you do all the shit that you do. Right. Um, and so I try to make sure that she's not taken for granted. You know, like I may not jump up and do all the shit she does, but at the same time, I'm at least going to be appreciative and acknowledge that right. I have it really good. Yep. And let me find the other ways that I can do things to make her life easier and more bright and shiny. And part of that yep. is enabling her to be herself, um, you know, supporting and encouraging her freedom to do whatever the fuck she wants to do. If she needs to get out and go be away from me and go be around anybody that doesn't feel like Mandingo. home, mommy, daddy, find Mandingo, Johnny's or <laughs> Lucas, Luce, Luke, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, having that space, right? Like that's one thing. Like if you had to do all this and you were not appreciated and you felt taken for granted right. and so the sex the was only, bad and you couldn't go anywhere. Well, so the only real times that, you know, I felt like I was stuck was when I was literally, I, you know, physically stuck. Right. Like if you're yeah. on a long tour and I have a child that I'm breastfeeding and, you know, two more that I have to drive everywhere. Right. Like, those were the times where I'm like, dude, I really feel stuck. And then even then, you're like, well, you know, you can hire someone. Right. You can leave them for some time. And, you know, I did. Like, right. That's, so that helped a lot. Right. So that is a huge part of why women cheat. If they feel unappreciated, unappreciated, yeah. they feel not seen they feel stuck like that feel... feeling of being stuck like the right. reason why this first uh, author the woman that wrote the first article like that she had the freak out is because she was freaking out about the institution of marriage locking her up right and i can totally understand that that feeling of i'm stuck in this situation, in this house with these kids with these fucking responsibilities right. is a terrible feeling right and on and on, and then you add being taken for granted. Like that's just what she does. Yeah. Like that feeling of like he's not even tripping. Like that, of course, that's just what you do. And when you say you need some support, some break, or something, he looks at you like, "You want me to get up out of my seat from scratching my balls and watching my game to go help you do some shit?" Fine. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't greet you with that type so of support. So I wonder how you know, like, in so in our situation, our financial balance is flipped right how you know i wonder how much of um you know how much that affects the 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 reason that i don't feel 
you know, resentful because I know if I really wanted to spend our money, it's on me to spend right, our money. Right, like, you right. know, if I really want to go and spoil myself, I mean, I could buy myself a flight and go to Hawaii right. if I wanted to. Uh, so I don't, I literally do not have to ask anyone. Right. And that plays a huge role because as we know in a lot of relationships where the, where the man's the breadwinner, the man's right. the core thing, the man can easily feel like, like I'm, what I do right. is more important than what you do. Yeah. I appreciate what you do, but let's not get it twisted. Yeah. I keep the lights on. Yeah. You do all this and you take care of this. And then that way the woman feels another way trapped because the woman can't be like, I need to get, I'm going to go out tonight and get extra money. Where are you going? Yeah. Why do you need that much money? Or why did you spend that much last night? What did you do? And you feel audited and you feel micromanaged, you know, so you combine that with feeling trapped, with knowing that you have a short leash, knowing and not being able to have honest conversations about the, the things you're missing, knowing that, you know, you agreed to a structure that at the time totally fits you. That you didn't need no other outside nourishment, no deep relationships with the no. opposite sex, and none of that. And all of a sudden, the person you were two years ago, one year, five years ago, ten years ago, um, and the box you signed onto is not doesn't fit you anymore, but you made it in stone. Yep. And you're afraid to say, this box is too small for me now. It doesn't fit me anymore. Can we adjust it? Can we rebuild the box? Because yeah. of the fears of it may crack this foundation. The person may look at me with, with judgment and shame. Like, why, why now? What do you need? And all these negative connotations, it will push a person to be like, okay, well, I can do that and risk jeopardizing all of this. Or you know what? I will just supplement my income. I'm dedicated to hip hop. Hip hop is my life, but I will go to a reggae show every now and then. Yep. I mean, I know people that do that and... Who? Tell them. To... Put their name on out. Put their name on them. <laughs> Put them on blast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and, you know, I've been doing it for years and with no desire or, you know, a need to change that. And I, you know, from my short stint on OKC, I think that I became a magnet for men that... Uh, were in these relationships where they felt they needed to cheat because they weren't getting what they needed. And most women would judge them super harshly. Right. And I'd be like, be like hey, you know, we're not going to be hooking up, but let's talk. You know, like, what is it that makes you do that? Like, right. why, why do you not want to be honest? And there's a whole bunch of reasons and you got to respect them and you got to just be like, okay, well, that's this person's world. Right. And, they go about things a certain way. And, and they're a decent person and they're nice and kind and, and, you know, and this is, that that's their choice. Right. And just like we talked about at the beginning, being kind <laughs> You know, being kind and being empathetic. Because I know there was times where I'm like, dude, why don't you just talk to him? Why don't you just be yeah. honest? If you really want to be about it, be about it, say about it, be about it, and all this stuff like that. Right. And not realizing like, yo, like that does not work for everybody. Yeah. You know? And not for everybody at this moment that you feel it should. Right. Like maybe right. two years from like it, it took us this many years to get to where we are. Right. And sometimes it may take having an affair. Yeah. And feeling the feeling after that or getting caught 
to go, ooh, we have a con- we have a conversation we need to have, and hopefully that conversation's like, we're we're done. You suck. You're bad. I hate you. You're horrible. How could you? And it's more of a conversation like, what wow. led? What? How did we end up? Yeah. Here? How did we as a team end up in a situation? What was missing? Yeah. Everything seemed fine, and then giving the other person space to be like, well, all these things were fine, but this wasn't fine. And here's my reasons as to why I felt I didn't talk to you about it. Right. And Maybe. then it's a whole, this big underworld of what she's been feeling. And then all of a sudden, what he's been feeling. And I read this little statistic that's very telling uh, that an average couple, when they end up in uh, marriage counseling, have been having problems for six years. Right. And... When you've been having problems for six years, I mean, it's really easy to do, like, to, to imagine how that goes because right. we all have our routine lives and we all have kids and work and all that. And it just gradually becomes worse and worse and worse and worse. And we still can't stop and talk about it because nothing in our life, you know, helps us get those skills up. Right. And we don't have time. And yeah. we don't have the energy and just the thought of getting into it hurts my brain and I just don't want to do it. And by the time that it's really super bad and we realize we need counseling, we've accumulated a whole bunch of baggage and bad problems and right. things like that. And most like, and perhaps it's no longer solvable. Right. And it's even hard to have the conversation because we have a dance we've created. Yeah. We have triggers where it's like the minute you say... Honey, we need to talk. Yeah. The other person could be like, oh, yeah. already. And there's nothing that says this is a loving space to have a conversation yeah. in. And then the woman could be like, dude, I just want to have a conversation with you. And the dude could be like, I thought we had but this conversation. I mean, the most amazing thing is how, how, how different the dynamic is once you have a couple right. in front of you and they can't communicate. Right. Directly, but if you just sit there right. and listen to both and honestly try and understand each one, and next thing you know, they're actually communicating. Right. Cause, and this is, we'll get into this next episode, but that's what we're um, starting to do is we're going to start, we're calling it relationship nutritionists. And basically, the core of what we do is create the space and hold space for couples to be able to have the conversations with each other with objectively without being triggered because right. when they're alone, they're very easily to be triggered. But when they're in the space where we're reminding and supporting being kind, being empathetic, understanding that you both are right. You both have valid issues. Um, and that's the kind of thing that we're going to build on. We'll go more into it in the next episode. But, so yeah. uh, the last part from this emotional labor thing is pertains to how how we're raising our kids. So right. now that we have recognized this, that we have voluntarily created this thing, right? and we understand that it's not uh, fair, and we are both willing to, you know, to, to learn how to change that and to work on that, however long it takes and whatever shape and form that takes. Right. But we're, you know, I'm going, wow, so... 
how do I make sure that our son is not an asshole? Right. And, and, and I mean, he's not an asshole. He's the kindest, you know, sweetest but, person right. on earth. But I'm literally like, am I handicapping him by not insisting that he does these things that are so much easier for me to do? Right. So is his partner going to be in the same situation that I was, you know, with you where... You know, I love you so much, and you don't show that you have these skills and they come naturally right. because your mom taught you. Right. Uh, I'm just going to do it for you. Right. And then, you know, it just continues the cycle. Right. So now it's, and, and then also what our, you know, how do I, how do we teach our girls that no, you don't, you're not responsible for right. the whole thing. Right. No. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. But they'll be like, but mom, that's what you do. Right. You know, you ask our kids, hey, who's the boss? Right. There's no hesitation here. Right. It's hard, so, to, hard to do the do as I say, not as I do. Scenario. Right. So that's, you know, but I mean, there's different, I mean, there's certain areas that, you know, clearly if you ask them, you know, who's the boss in this area, it's clearly right. Tion, but. Oh, look at her. The, the, the other gym when I come out and be like. <laughs> I want to show some love. I'm just sitting over here like a nice little boy, and my chair is even smaller tonight. Like I'm, I'm like I'm like two feet shorter than her right now. She's in the big chair. I'm in a little chair, like just being quiet, not trying not to squirm too much. No, but I've given you the nails all manicured. I've given you the, you know, I mean, with with uh, Aaron, like you know, the last word is yours. Right. It's not right. mine. Right. You know. Uh, I manage the day-to-day -day things, but when something goes off the rails, you know, right. I have to get, and, and he knows it. Well, and then part of the solution is this too, and this is the kind of the wraparound, um, is everything doesn't have to be a one-for-one. -one. And it won't be. Right, and it won't be. Nope. The bigger solution is to finding whatever your guys' balance is, right. is open conversation for men to understand the privilege that we have and to give compassion and empathy and willing support to understand, to have the conversations. Like, let's talk about what yeah. makes this better. Because a lot of times it's the same thing with open relationships. A lot of times you give each other space to do stuff. And a lot of times nothing will change yeah. other than the way we feel about things right. because we're not obligated yeah. and we're, we're respected enough to where we have the empowered support of each other to do what we want. And if we want to change some things, we can be open and have the conversation. So yeah. with us, what we learned is like, okay, there's a lot of shit she does. And a big portion of that shit she does is because she wants to do it. Yeah. Okay, what can I do? What are the other things that she does not want to do? that I can do or that I just have the natural knack to do that she can't. And let me make sure that I'm earning my keep in all these other ways. And at the same time, always being willing to listen for amendments or adjustments. If she may be like, you know what? I've got to this point where I'm not want to do this anymore. Can I have you do this? And we can work yeah. that out. Um, but not ignoring and just right. pretending like the privilege does not exist. Yep. Um, and then you can figure it out from and there. And understanding. I mean, you're, you're super right in that this is as complex as white, white privilege because 
you know, with white privilege, you, there's it's so complex. You hear, yeah. you know, everyone's like, well, no, I'm nice to everyone. I try to be nice to everyone. Right. And like, okay, well, you shouldn't try. You should just be. Right. Uh, you know. And just, and, yeah, and realize just, you're standing on the shoulders of giants. Right. And just so many different formats of it. And the same with this, like, okay, well, no, I will do what you ask me to do. All right, well, dude, but can you please understand that when I say I don't want to tell you, it's not because I'm just being weird or selfish or whatever, but it's like, it, it, it's a headache. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I, there are a lot of times I don't want to deal with that headache. Right. And it's, and it goes to all the dynamics relationship. A lot of times, most men only want to have these conversations about relationship in the beginning to get the relationship and in crisis. And a lot of times, men, all we want is when when crisis comes up, left we can have the conversation long enough to hopefully till it goes back to right. normal. Yeah, so we can go back to doing I what mean, we this, normally want to do. This article, because I'm not reading it, it starts out with, it's very typical. You know, the author asked the husband for Mother's Day to get her cleaning service. Of course, he never did, or he didn't get around to it. Then he got one quote. It was too expensive. So he's like, well, I'll just clean the bathroom. So on Mother's Day, he escapes to deep clean the bathroom and leaves her with three kids that proceed to destroy the rest of the house. That is the total opposite of what she wanted. But he thinks that he is doing exactly what she wanted, and he needs to be... Uh, given a gold star for it. And right. she's just like, go fuck yourself and your bathroom. Right. This is not what I wanted, and you don't even see it. And that's the exact problem. Right. So, you know, there's a lot. And so so that's one part of it. That's the family. Now, we understand and, and expanded on the, the reasons why women cheat. So what are some of the alternative pathways for that situation? I mean, there's really only two, right? You either leave, well, you try to, if you think you can communicate through that, Right. you do a lot of the times. I mean, it's really hard when both people are willing to. When one person is unwilling to, it's impossible. Right. right, and that situation is one of our friends have dealt with where you want to have the conversation. The person is absolutely saying, I will not have this conversation. Yeah. The issue becomes bigger than that conversation now. Yeah. Because the issue is like, wait, you are not willing to... Listen to me. I'm the mother of your kids and I have put so many years into this and you can't even stop doing what you're doing and become uncomfortable for some for long enough to understand what it is that I'm going through, well then perhaps I shouldn't even be here. Right. It's a deeper, deeper issue. And that's so, the thing. Like when you can't even have the conversation and you are faced with that with your partner, then there are bigger issues. And I think that may be a big part of why people don't have those conversations out of fear that that may happen. So here so you know when I realized that you know my first husband had a drinking problem because I didn't realize uh you know the whole complexity of it my first thought was and that was the thought that I worked with for a long time was okay well we're both logical people right we will find we will figure it out. Right. So I think that like if I was with someone who wouldn't communicate, like, you know, he didn't communicate about the drinking and it right. took me so many years to realize no, he really is not going to communicate to me about right. that. And I 
can try this and I can try that and I can try taking the kids away and I can try, but he will still not communicate. He right. will be in a fucking hospital with freaking seizures and he will still not talk to me about it. Right. So, you know, when I'm sure there are a lot of situations where, you know, it's easy to say, well, you just need to communicate. But there are real situations where the person on the other side, well, A, I'm not a therapist. Most women are not therapists. We don't know. We've never been taught. We don't know. We do the best we can. But maybe the way that I approach him instantly puts him on the defense. Right. And there is zero. And I kill every, every time I want to talk to him, I kill that one chance that I have. Right. And we do it over and over and over again. And literally through no fault of mine or his, but because we really don't have skills, we just don't communicate. Right. And, you know, like who's taught how to communicate? Right. And we we about about issues that are very, very difficult. Right. I I wasn't, you know. uh, And so then, you know, maybe there's a chance you can communicate through all those issues and then you resolve it. If you don't, if you can't, then obviously there's no chance you'll have an open relationship because you can't have one and not communicate. Right. So then you either leave and you decide to go through a divorce and put your kids through a divorce, or you find it that it's easier and more beneficial to cheat. And that's when my theory of why we do everything that we do, I think, uh, comes in. Uh, we do things that, uh, you know, after we weigh the pros and cons, when the pros outweigh the cons, right. we'll do it. Right. So if I, you know, uh, have a really good friend and I've weighed my pros and versus the cons, and I think that my pros are, and that's what I did for many years. Right. Like my pros outweighed my cons. And that's how I made the decisions continuously. Right. And I think that's how, that's why women cheat. If right. the pros in my mind and the pros are, hey, I get to relax. I get to feel appreciated. I get to feel this new energy flowing through my my body and my mind, and I get to go home and be more patient with my kids and more patient with my husband, and my world is brighter. That's all I need. Right, and I could just be, I don't need it often, I just need a little bit here and there. And that's how, you know, the friends that I know that cheat, they do this analysis all the time and they're very clear about it. This helps me be a better husband. This helps me be a better wife. This helps me be a better dad, a better mom. This helps me to stay in the long-term marriage that I committed to. Right. So that's, you know, the pros outweigh the cons. Right. And so the judgment that we pass, which we maybe want to take a second look at, is, well, then that relationship is bad. And mine is better because I don't do that. Even though in my relationship, I may not be getting all that I feel I need, but I'm just not going to do that. Therefore, you know, and that judgment that it's bad. But I come home and bitch all the time. Right. So that's, yeah. So, you know, the overall moral of the story is, you know, it's much more nuanced. And not everybody that cheats do it because they don't love their spouse. 
that they don't respect their spouse, that they don't love and respect and honor their relationship. A lot of times, it's very clear they both can love their relationship and still have that not me everything they need in their life. And for one reason or another, they seek that with conversation and permission or without. But the reasons why are not always just because they're assholes and made bad decisions. Now that happens too. People do get drunk and do things. People just make impulsive decisions because for whatever reason, but that's not the only reason and we shouldn't broad stroke and shame everybody who chooses to do that. And a little bit of compassion, empathy, yeah. kindness, and understanding um, will do us all yep. a good deed. So that is our episode 17. Hopefully it was as fun and unfun and real as it should be. And we hope to have more conversations and dialogue like we did with everybody who participated on Facebook. That was really good. I learned Facebook is still a good place where you can have honest, kind conversations and not all just hate and shots firing and all that type of stuff. Um, next episode, we are going to go into our new angle, which is the relationship nutritionist. And we'll go into what that is, why we feel we want to do that. Because we got the business cards. And we got business cards. So that's, I guess we have to now. It's a mandatory. Yeah. We so, paid for them. Paid for those we things. We haven't picked them up, right? Nope. I haven't picked them up. We'll post the picture. Oh, we'll pick them up this week. So that's what it is. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we're grateful for Tion not getting hit by a truck. We're grateful for Tion not getting hit by a truck. We're, yeah, we're grateful for all functional body parts. I can still be here and laugh. I mean, yep. I retrospectively freak myself out about all the bad things that could have happened. And I just would have been sad because I wasn't really ready to go. No, <laughs> didn't that would feel like I was ready to go. That would have sucked, but um, we would have lived through it. But it would have sucked, right? So that's what it is. I'm grateful for that. Obviously, I'm grateful for us bowling league together. <laughs> oh uh, my god, I bowled 87 last week. That was great. Week two, work in progress. Oh boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> 87. Yeah. Grateful. I'm grateful for this podcast. And I've been listening to another podcast called Crime and Sports. And it's amazing. It's a combination of like all things I like. Like sports, <laughs> forensics, murder, Crazy. crime. Just insane rises from nothing and falls from grace that are out of control. And they always say in their podcast, give us five stars because it helps them move up in the on yeah. iTunes, which gives them all types of perks. I never do that. We never do that. I never even knew. But I wish maybe we should just say that because maybe it'll five help stars. get us more listeners. Yeah. Yeah. If you're on iTunes, listen to this. Just give us five stars. It just helps us, right? I guess once you're higher in the ranks, you get more visibility. You get more promotion. Yeah, they promote you. So, you know, if you're on iTunes, yeah, give us five stars. Nice. That's kind of like Uber. Yeah, Uber us and five stars and shit like that. So <laughs> what are you grateful for, fuckface? I'm grateful for you not getting hit by a car and not, not breaking anything. Well, I got hit by a car. I mean, not getting hit by a truck. <laughs> I was like, you know, when after all that went down and I was waiting for you to come back from, from league, I'm like, I'm really grateful that he didn't call me from a hospital because that would have been quite inconvenient. I would have like had to go to the hospital, be all concerned about getting there and stressed out. And that didn't happen. So that was really cool. Yeah. What else? Uh, yeah. Give thanks. Yeah. 
that was good. Uh, and uh, <sighs> this weekend, and the laundry is done. And I didn't have to ask you to do it, so that was good. And you starting to ask me, if, you know, yeah. I needed you to do little <laughs> things, so that's good too. So the funny thing is, like, so after reading the article, I'm like, damn. So I'm like, I'm gonna go to Trader Joe's and just grab shit. <laughs> I'm gonna go, like, you start really <laughs> becoming hyper conscious, like. <laughs> I really want to ask her if we need anything, but am I just kind of being like that dude? Oh, God. Like, I don't know if I should ask her. Should I just go grab stuff? Well, what do we need? I, you know, I don't know. I'll just grab stuff. And I'm like, shit, like, I have questions. She's like, can you go do this? I'm like, yes. I'm like, fuck, but I don't know the address. Like, 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 like damn, I'm, gonna, I'm down to go pick up my daughter, but... I don't know where she's at. I don't know the address. I don't know the name of the person. Like, how do I do this without being that person? Like, yeah, but what's the address? Can you text them well, and let luckily, them know that I'm coming? I, luckily, I organized all that and was kind enough to share the address. Right. Well, yeah. So, it's very good. But it, it's the same thing with the white privilege and as far as I... Yeah. It's, as a black man to the white people that I know... I'm not asking you, and most of us black people, I can't speak for all of us, don't speak for me, I'm not asking you to feel like shit for being white. You didn't choose to be white. We're not asking you to denounce your privileges and just, you know, none of that. All I'm asking is just acknowledge right. that history and the structure that we're living in was situate was systematically created by a group of white men who enslaved black people and other people and created and benefited wealth and created wealth from that and the wealth has continued since then. Yeah. So before we were even free, they were owning these things and so that it is. That's all. Don't I'm not saying that you did that, you're a part of that. So it's the same thing. Women to men are not saying men you're assholes for being a man. We were born this way. We weren't chosen to be this way. But let's just be a little bit more compassionate and acknowledge that the woman's plight is a serious one. And we should do everything in our ability to acknowledge that, pay homage to that, and stay in tune with the women in our lives. All right. And on that note, for real. Say it. That's that. That was Black <laughs> Russian Podcast, episode 17. And who knows where we go into with 18 because we think we're going to go into right. relationship nutritionists, but, you know, I might catch some other fire and bring it. And bring it. So we're going to close out with John 9, a song called Gratitude. Long one, long episode, good episode. If it's too long for you, listen to half one week and the other half another week. But we need to get this in, all in, and we enjoy it. So have a good night, the Black Russian Podcast. Put
Attitude is fuel for the actions I partake in. So in doing what I love, I get to keep it up. Perceptions leave much room to be mistaken. So in doing what I say, my word is covenant. I expect nothing but the best from myself, not myself nor me. Putting personality under subordination of the master key. Which is the most I in I and I As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he Whatever you're dwelling on is the reality that you're creating Use your concentration wisely Because your only limitation is your imagination Priority one is to focus on the most high in the meditation Develop the routine, keep the room clean the physical and spiritual accommodation sit daily from the written word learn from the example then put it into practical use within your temple the real work is to know the truth is the seed the real life is to grow into what you need so as a man thinketh in his heart so is he whatever you're dwelling on is the reality that you're creating use your concentration wisely because your only limitation is your imagination Trapped inside the flesh requiring emancipation From the source of the vexation which is the enemy Anyhow, you let the mind control corrupt your state of meditation You compromise your soul, focus of the goal And move further from the free Where you want to be Shaping your destiny When creative cultivation of the nation is the mission As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he Whatever you're dwelling on is the reality that you're creating Use your concentration wisely Because your only limitation is your imagination Because your only limitation is your imagination